Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. In today's show, I'm partnering up with Natasha Collin, co-founder of Expanding Identities Development, to help us chat about pride. We'll be listening in to some Capital Pride concert attendees to find out which performer everyone was thrilled to see. We're also going to get to hear a very special backstage interview with Shay Diamond as she shares the message she wants to instill in youth, tips for mental health professionals and how to support the trans community, and how she manages her role as an activist and performer. Coming out at whatever age can be incredibly intimidating and frightening for so many people. Singer Colin Scott shared his experience with the Pride Concerts crowd, an experience that inspired his song, No Matter What. Natasha and I will be going into more details about how you can support someone who opens up to you during their coming out process. Welcome to Wit and Reason, hosted by psychologist Dr. Alexis Moreno. Dr. Moreno brings her expertise to providing smart and practical explanations on human behavior, turning social science and research into relatable, accessible, and useful information you can use. Listen now as Dr. Moreno brings a little bit of positive mental health to your day. DC celebrated another Pride with an amazing group of talented performers at the Capitol Pride concert. DC dedicated this year's Pride to commemorate 50 years since the Stonewall Riots, and encouraged everyone to stand up and to speak out against all forms of injustice, discrimination, and violence, wherever it exists and whatever form it takes. Now, Natasha, you're joining us from Los Angeles, California. How was Pride on the West Coast? Um, Pride was actually amazing this year. Um, it's really been an amazing Pride season. There's actually been a lot of changes this year with a lot of, uh, different Prides popping up all over Los Angeles. So it's not just the big one that, um, they celebrate in West Hollywood, but there's been other, uh, areas of Los Angeles that are throwing their own Prides. So that's been amazing to see. Oh, that's very cool. What other cities yeah. are having, uh, their own Pride festivals? 
Um, so there's one that goes on in West Hollywood. There's also one now um, uh, in Santa Monica. This is their first year. Also one in Compton. This is their first year. Um, and then also in the outer skirts of Los Angeles that may not be able to get to attend Pride because it's a little further out. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, a lot of different ones popping up um, all over the outskirts, which is just amazing to see because then people get to join in and don't have to travel too far. Oh, that, that's, so. that's so cool. Did did any yeah. of the prides highlight this monumental time of 50 years since Stonewall? Um, there's been a bit of it like popping up everywhere. Um, it's interesting because um, there's other like alternatives to pride, which is um, I went to a deck day, which basically is the commemoration mm-hmm. Um and it's not just for dykes and there's the reclamation of the word, but there's also the, you know, the history behind it of um, how Stonewall started and the riots that happened and really honoring that. Um, and so it's a really just uh, amazing day and it's completely free um, for anyone who wants to come and uh, just celebrate pride. Um, so that was really amazing, too. That's, so, but there's been yeah, a lot awesome. of visibility around it. So oh, that's that's really great. And yeah, on the West Coast, do they also have a um, big concert like the way they do here in DC? They do. Yeah, they had a huge concert this year. I think they just started making it bigger in the last couple years. So um, Pride has grown uh, bigger and bigger each year. Yeah, and what's so great is at least out here, I'm, I'm guessing it's the same over there. Is that the concert is free to everyone, so it's very open, so everyone can enjoy the experience. Yeah, I wish I could say the same in Los Angeles. Unfortunately, oh, no. you have to pay to yeah. get into the uh, the concert here, uh-huh. um, which has been a little bit of an issue for some folks in gaining access to that. Um, and so I think that's been a little challenging. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of other free concerts that are um, that are hosted uh, during Pride season that are like call it kind of alternatives to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, to get to the into the big one, you do have to pay here. Oh, so. man. So I guess just come to yeah. DC so you can enjoy our free concert. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, Yeah. another reason to come. We had such a great um, crowd, Natasha. I mean, everyone was in Mm -hmm. such a great and positive mood. And I went around the crowd and I was asking a bunch of different people who they were thrilled to see the most out of all the headliners for our concert. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're going to go ahead and take a listen to a few of the people's responses to find out who was at least the number one uh, person on top of people's minds. Oh, great. Okay, cool. It is, yes. And then who are you most excited to see? Probably Tantric Call. Oh, really? Yeah. And why is that? Uh, I don't know. I've I've been a fan of his YouTube videos for a long time and, like, always... I grew up with Disney, you know, everything Disney, and so he does a whole lot of the Disney stuff. Yeah. And who are you, if any, I'm excited to see out of this lineup that we have today? Tantric. Tantric. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah, we met him, what? Like two years ago? Yeah. Concerts, amazing, so. He was an absolute sweetheart. Yeah. yeah. Are there any other performers that you're looking forward to seeing? I forget who the others are. <laughs> <laughs> I was so focused on Callum that I. Uh, yeah. Wait, no, is Todrick here today? Yeah, everyone's really excited about Todrick. Is Todrick coming? Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Todrick Hall, of course, yes. Yeah, Todrick's amazing, yeah. Okay, so Todrick Hall. I mean, that that was the person that everyone was really thrilled to hear was performing. I mean, for some people, they were kind of surprised that uh, Todrick was showing up. And once they found out, they were just ecstatic. Have you, are you familiar mm-hmm. with uh, Todrick Hall's 
uh, work? Yes, I am actually. Um, I think he's an amazing uh, performer and artist. I've actually seen him perform. Um, and yeah, he just he has so much presence on stage and is such a role model for a lot of folks, um, queer folks as well, which I've seen. So yeah, that's been really amazing. Yeah, the performance the performance was beautiful. And like one of my favorite um, moments was when Todrick, during one of um, his songs, was saying like, "Everyone, take out your fan and you know start fanning yourself." And every, every like the majority of the crowd already had their fans like prepped, and all their hands went up <laughs> into the air, and they just flipped them open. You could hear them all just kind of flipped open at the same time, and they all just started waving oh them in God. the air. It was just super on point. Everyone was very much into it. Okay. Oh, that's amazing. That's a great moment. Yeah, he was a great performer and everyone was was very much into it and so excited to, to see him. So now um, it's not just the music and the uh, and the dancing that are, are fun for, for Pride concerts. Of course, there's also just so much more meaning to the performances as well. Um, so I had a very special opportunity to meet backstage with Shay Diamonds after her performance at the Capital Pride concert. Now, Diamond identified as a girl for as long as she can remember, um, and she was actually punished for it. So she ran away from home um, in Flint, Michigan as a teen, and um, by the age of 20, ended up robbing a convenience store at gunpoint because she said she was desperate to fund her gender-affirming surgery. Um, Diamonds was incarcerated at various men's correctional facilities in Michigan from 1999 to 2009. And this is when Diamond found her voice as a songwriter. After her release, she relocated to New York and entered the world of trans activism. So singer to the stars, Dustin Trannard, uh, saw a video of Diamond singing at a Trans Lives Matter event, reached out to her, and is now the executive producer of Diamond's collection of anthems. So, uh, Natasha, let's go ahead and listen in to um, some of her music and to this amazing interview that, that we got to have. Okay. Um, and I was just really excited to hear about how you feel about performing at Pride, at the Pride concert. And it was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Um, I enjoyed myself. I um, never thought again I would be on, you know, uh, on the stage. You know, last year around this time I was protesting here. So it's my first time being here. So now I'm on the stage. Yeah. So yeah, it's an honor. So what's it like for you to be on the stage? the same place where you were protesting this year before. Oh my God, um, it shows a little progress, it does. Yeah. It shows that we're doing something, they're listening to us a little bit, even the slightest. Yeah. And that um, we're exacting change, we're not giving up in the industry. So they thought we weren't gonna show up this year. Yep. <laughs> they're mistaken. Yeah. That's amazing. And what does it mean to you to be performing at this particular Pride concert where they're celebrating the or memorializing the 50 years since the Stonewall riots? Yeah, it's 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 very uh, near and dear to me because I believe that we we need to pay homage to our founding mothers, and those are those are the ones. And our founding fathers as well. I'm not gonna just um, just just cite our founding mothers, but our founding fathers as well, because there were a lot of people that sacrificed their freedoms and and put their life on the line so that we can be here. And they're not here to see it, so I think that we should celebrate it. We should celebrate in this moment that we should be um, grateful for the opportunity to be here because, again, we're here on the backs of them. We did nothing to deserve this. That's so beautiful. And what, what type of message do you hope to that comes across to your listeners or your, that, your followers? That our youth stay in, inspired, that they don't give up. So that once we 
are not able to pick up that load, that they're able to carry that load because it's a hell of a load. It's a hell of a fight. And for those who aren't in the center of it, I mean, they're just, they're, um, you know, enjoying the privileges, the fruits of, 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 of our labor, but it's going to be their time. It's going to be a, a time where folks like me, we don't have too many more summers left. So, you know, after we're going, who's going to stand up and pick up that, pick up the, uh, the fight? And we need to make sure our youth are ready, prepared. We need to make sure that we take care of them, that they have all the things that we never had, that we couldn't uh, be afforded because of that time. We're in a different time. We need to take care of our youth. Yeah. So, Everything else will fall into place if we take care of you. Yeah. I promise you. Yes, absolutely. Protect them in schools. Right. You know, um, it's, a, it's a dangerous time out there. Now they have to wear bulletproof jackets to and, go to school. And backpacks, yeah. We didn't have to do that. Right. So we know that the times are changing. So we need to make sure that we are conscious enough to be able to keep pushing forward a positive message, a hopeful message, a, a message of not giving up, of continuing the fight. Right. And what do you think that, um, mental health professionals can do to better support this, oh. this effort? Now, now, as far as mental health uh, um, professionals, I think that they need to put themselves in the shoes of the people that they are treating. Because yes. until you can live that experience, you'll never know how to, to correctly present yourself or present the issue. Because it, it's, to, to us, it's, it's like a person on the outside looking in. We're always being judged. So when we tell somebody our story, even the mental health professionals, we feel like we're being judged. We're being judged in every single space. So just make it a judgment-free zone and make sure that it's a loving zone, um, that it's opening, you know, and um, that it's just a fun. And so um, people already know what they want to do. They know who they are. They just need to, to be assured, you know, that they're going to be okay. Yeah, they're in the same space. <laughs> yeah, they're in the same space, you know, yeah. Mental health oh my and, uh, god. As you're going through all of this, I mean, protesting one year, performing another, how do you take care of yourself? Well, because we always get the phone calls, because a lot of my sisters, they work in um, in, in these organizations, and they're the first pe person to hear about, they're the first people to actually hear about uh, a trans person being killed. So I, I normally ask my friends, they'll give me a phone call, and we lost another. And so, um, for me, when I get those phone calls, uh, the self-care that I need in that space is to make sure that my sisters are okay. Is to also pass that message on to them. To let them know that they need to stay out of, out, of, out of harm's way. Because the more I hear about trans people dying, the more I worry about the people that I know and, I, and that I don't know. And because I know the lifestyle. I know that we're being judged by men and women. We don't get a break from either one. We're not protected by either sex. But we're always reminded that we're not the sex that we say we are. We're always reminded that we're not who we say we are. So I like to remind them that they are firm, that they are special, that their difference is unique, and that the world, the world would be boring without them. And so always make sure that they're loved and protected. Yeah, that's a beautiful message. Thank then I'll feel good. I can rest that night then. Yes, thank you so <laughs> Sorry much for about sharing. the tears. No, thank you so much for, for being so authentic and sharing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so such a beautiful interview and moment that that I was able to share um, with Shay Diamonds, uh, Natasha. What were some of the the thoughts or reactions that came up from you from that interview? Um, I mean, 
first of all, I just want to say how beautiful, like, her experience um, that she was talking about and then, like, obviously what you were talking um, about knowing, you know, what she's been through and her experience through all of that. And, um, I mean, it's just amazing to just see her and see that she is able to perform and really, like, speak her, her truth. And um, that's really beautiful to see. And I think that, like, what she said about staying, uh, keeping the youth inspired and really helping them because they're the next generation of folks who are going to fight this fight. And it's going to look very different from the fight that, you know, uh, Diamond fought. And so helping train, kind of train them for what's to be expected, especially with this political climate. I think there's many more battles to be fought. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, gay marriage wasn't the end all be all. There's so many more battles. And so I think there's a, you know, especially when you're talking about self-care, I think it's so important to be able to know how to take care of yourself because, you know, you don't want to exhaust yourself, especially that is just this ongoing, you never know what to expect and what kind of, you know, laws and policies are going to change or what challenges you're going to come up, um, come up to. And I think it's also important that we uh, teach youth about the history and where we have come from, right. um, especially it being the 50th year of Stonewall. And so knowing just like how it's, you know, it's changed and it keeps, you know, this is the most, um, the movement that is the most rapidly evolving. So it is kind of easy to lose sight of like how far we've come because it just changes so much and we get kind of get lost in that a little bit. And so I think it's important to, you know, stay, stay grounded and knowing where we came from and knowing how to continue fighting. And so I think that's really important. Right. I, um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Shay Diamond had a lot of really great points and it seems like you're, you know, you agree so much uh, with her about how Mm -hmm. we, we all do need to pay attention to like all the people that fought to help all of us get to where we're at today, um, socially, Mm -hmm. politically. Um, and and yet there's still so much more that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And I know that through your work, um, you, help with this process, both in um, training youth and training mental health professionals, training workplaces to better understand mm-hmm. LGBTQIA um, factors. Could you tell us more about like how how you've dedicated your work to kind of help with this process yeah. that Shay Diamond's talking about? Sure, of course. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so a lot of my work is through going into different spaces and educating people and it's not so much about trying to change people's minds it's merely about giving them the tools to better understand the lgbtq community to work with lgbtq folks and so a lot of the training is around you know uh language of course and so language is a huge thing in our community because new language is being created all the time and part of this is to you know help people feel more validated in their identity because there's so many different ways to identify and I think it's such a beautiful thing is like identity is essentially expanding um, and people are finding more language to to identify and to feel valid in that and so you know that's one part of it another part is you know best practices so understanding how to be able to support LGBTQ folks in not just in the workplace or where you know you see clients or whoever you work with but also in your friends and family um, networks and so I think that's really important what we teach Um, And what we educate on is something that doesn't just help them in the moment, but it helps them in all aspects of life. And I think that's something that they can carry through and really go on and, you know, be that ally. And I feel like we're all allies in some way because, you know, I'm an ally to the trans community, to the bi community. And so even in the LGBTQ community, we can all be allies in some way as well and all learn, you know, more ways to help support each other. So a lot of it uh, really focused on that and, and just bringing a visibility awareness to the community as well.
Right. That That's absolutely right. And what, what I appreciate about the work that you do with Expanding Identities is that you work with both the youth to help prepare them, but it doesn't just end there. I mean, we could prepare our youth as mm-hmm. much as possible, but if they then go out into the world that's still not as evolved as, as they can be, then, then they're going to mm-hmm. continue to struggle. So it needs to happen on both mm-hmm. ends, both with our youth and with our adults who they'll 100%. be interacting yeah. with, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And 100%. So, and so one of the pivotal moments in, in the interview was when I asked Shay Diamond about, you know, what she does for self-care and, and mental health. And, you know, this brought up a reflection for her to, to think about, like, some of the intense moments that she's had on her journey is, is when she finds out, she gets a call from someone saying that, you know, we've lost another. And she rightfully, like, got, you know, emotional during during that reflection because part of her self-care is is really wanting to make sure that others are okay and and that they are out of harm's way and that they're protected and safe. How do we, both as um, for myself as an, as an ally and, and people within in the community, like how, how do we all support each other through that? Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's a, I feel a difficult question because it's such a, it's such a large topic of this idea of this, you know, women or trans women of color are the most at risk for, you know, being murdered or being harmed. And that's extremely, extremely problematic and extremely saddening and just heartbreaking. And I think with just more visibility, awareness and, and support and understanding and just like people being more aware of what's going on, I think that there needs to be the awareness and then the conversations around it, because I feel like people if people are going to just be like, if it, it can't be normalized because then right. when it becomes normalized, then people stop getting angry about it or stop, you know, wanting to do something about it. And so I think if people still become outraged and start these conversations and really want to change the culture and, you know, really put themselves out there and speak out about it, I think that's what's really going to make a change. But if people think that, oh, this is just something normal, then they're more likely to be complacent about it and not really do anything about it because they're like, oh, this is just the norm now and it's someone else's responsibility. But I don't think that's true. I think it's everyone's responsibility, you know, allies included who are even aren't in the LGBTQ community because this isn't, you know, we're talking about a human here. We're not right. talking about LGBTQ rights. We're talking about people, human, you know, humans that are being murdered that for no reason but just wanting to be themselves. Right. And absolutely. And Mm -hmm. I I think one of the most dangerous things that we see in in life is when we dehumanize another person, you know, that, that seems completely. And then when we just, you know, as you mentioned, you know, accept, you know, what's going on. I mean, when we look at statistics, these aren't just numbers. These, these are human lives that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And it has a big impact, not just on the individual, but on their entire community, you know, to hear this Mm -hmm. um, day in and day out. And so it is really important that we address all of these things and take them all very seriously while also taking care of ourselves and others. So thank you so much mm-hmm. for, for mentioning all of that. That was all very useful. And we'll make sure to include Expanding Identities information and any resources you want to share on wittenreason.com so that way our listeners can have more access to learn more and to better understand what they mm-hmm. can do. And now another headliner from Capital Pride Concert had an important message to share with the crowd. Singer Colm Scott focused on the importance of the support he received from his mother when he first came out. So Natasha, unfortunately, you know, Colm didn't receive 
such a supportive and loving response from his friends. Now, of course, like in an ideal situation, a person wouldn't have to, you know, come out at all. People wouldn't place their own narratives and expectations on others um, that each individual will have to later on correct. Um, but mm-hmm. when a person does come out, what do you recommend friends and family do or say? No, that's a great question. It's a question that I definitely get a lot of. And so I think in this process, there's, first of all, I just want to say there's different ways of coming out because of yeah. course, you know, with sexual orientation and gender identity, those coming out processes look very different. And so, and especially with, you know, intersectionality, like a, you know, a person from a large city that, you know, maybe, you know, white presenting and cis and coming out as gay if they're male identified Mm -hmm. um, is going to look very different than someone in a very small town who is a person of color and coming out as trans. And so, you know, you have to be aware and mindful of like the spaces those people exist in and what the coming out process looks like in both of those situations. So, you know, and especially with believing people when they come out to you and not thinking, you know, or are you sure or questioning them at all, I think is really important because, you know, as as we've seen, gender uh, especially shows up as young as three years old. So Mm -hmm. there could be a lot of, you know, folks questioning you being like, well, are you really sure? And it's like, no, they, you know, I mean, it's at this age, they definitely know who they are. And it's it's people who are older that are questioning them that make them question their identity when they already knew what it was. Right. So I think it also in someone's lifespan, there could be multiple coming out processes as people learn more language to identify and feel valid in. I think that they could have multiple coming out processes. And I, I heard something really beautiful a few years ago that someone was like, you know, for me, it's not so much coming out. It's about letting people in. Mm. Um, and I thought that was really beautiful. And so it's, you know, there's this whole, we, we talk about pride and, you know, being proud of ourselves and coming out. And that's amazing. And we need those spaces, mm-hmm. but it's also sometimes not the safest place for a lot of people who aren't out. And so right. finding those few people that they can identify to let in and, you know, just be able to talk about their feelings, even if they haven't identified as part of the LGBTQ community yet, just finding someone who they think will be supportive and who can listen to them and who won't assume their identity for them and won't put a label on them, but just allow them to have the space to talk about what they're feeling about, what their experience has been, and just letting it be that way and not being judgmental at all and just staying open. So I think that's one of the, you know, the most important things when someone comes out to you um, and not pressuring them to come out to anyone else and, you know, assessing their safety because that's also really important as well and just validating them. So I think, you know, those are really important things Mm -hmm. Um, and also continuing to do your own research as an ally. If someone comes out to you, you know, look on, find resources, you know, then you could maybe that's the way you can support this person coming out to you is that. You could, you know, do research for them and be like, hey, and that shows that you care and that you really are invested in them and that you're doing your own research and, you know, putting the effort into into wanting to, to be in that process with them. And that can be such a huge, huge support. Right. Instead of just relying on the person who's going, who's already mm-hmm. just, you know, in the middle of everything, going through everything, don't just rely on them to be your source of information. There's plenty of resources out there at this point to, to learn more on your own. Um, mm-hmm, completely. Do you have any uh, recommendations on where people could go to learn to learn more and to educate themselves? Yeah. So there's a few websites. I know that GLAD is a great one. 
And then I have a list of resources that I can also give you. Okay, Because um, there's so many out there. And that's the thing is, like, there are going to be some, like, obviously the Internet is full of so many different information sources. And some of them have misinformation on their websites. And also the language changes. So it's going to, you know, it's if people people need to stay current with what they're putting on their website. But I think, you know, uh, GLAD is definitely one. So G-L-A-A-D. And then also any LGBT center is going to have a list of resources mm-hmm. for folks, not just online, but, you know, places in their uh, area of residence that they can kind of go to and like actually go to a place and ask people questions about the community and about information they're looking for. And there's hotlines too that are available for, um, let's say, the individual who's in like a rural community that doesn't have any anybody in person to really connect to and understand what they're going through that they could call and find some kind of at least virtual community that they could connect with as well in a safe space. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, so Trevor Project is the, the biggest one that yeah. comes to mind, and that's for LGBTQ youth, I believe 25 and under, and they have a hotline. They also have a chat line, so you, and you can text with them, so you don't necessarily have to call in. Mm-hmm. They also, uh, about a year or two ago, there is now a trans hotline. So it's specifically trans folk who are serving other trans folks. So that's been an amazing support for a lot of people. So that's a national hotline as well that people can call into. I know that Teen Line is another one. It's a teen to teen hotline, suicide prevention hotline. It's not necessarily LGBTQ, but they do get LGBTQ training. Okay. Um, so that's another great support. But there's many, many out there. But Trevor Project is, is the biggest one there is. So. Okay, we'll add all of these to our website at witandreason.com. Uh, let's close today's show with the song that brought tears to all of our eyes at the D.C. Pride concert. It's titled No Matter What by Colin Scott. When I was a young boy, I was scared of growing up. I didn't understand it, but I was terrified of love. Felt like I had to choose, but it was out of my control. I needed to be safe, I was going crazy on my own. It took me years to tell my mother I expected the worst. You can put all of this wisdom into action today. Visit witandreason.com to see music videos, educational articles, and community resources. Also to connect with me, Dr. Alexis Moreno, and co-founder of Expanding Identities Development, Natasha Collin. Did you hear something on the show today that you relate to on a personal level? Share your story. Send us your recording on witandreason.com and we may be able to post it on our Capital Pride concert show page to help others navigate to their health and well-being. A special thank you to Natasha and DC Radio. And of course, thank you all for listening. Stay posted on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Wit and Reason and DC Radio for our next show. I'm Dr. Alexis Moreno. Let's keep the conversation going. You've been listening to Wit and Reason with psychologist Dr. Alexis Moreno. For more information, visit witandreason.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.